Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of Your Age is Not Your Cage with Carla Allen. I'm so glad you're here. Today, I have a sweet, special guest, and her name is Tama Smith. Tama, you won't believe this, but she's 62 years old. Tama has been married to her sweetheart, her husband, for 43 years, and they have five children and seven grandchildren. I promise you won't believe it when you see her. Tama has held many titles over the years, including a buyer for Dillard's. She has been in a sales position. She even made uh, custom-made wedding gowns. Oh my goodness. And for the last 20 years, Tama has been a Southwest Airlines flight attendant. Um, and the other big thing that Tama is doing is she entered bodybuilding when she was 57 years old. What does that tell you? Your age is not your cage. It's never too late to start. I love Tama stands for the same things that I do. And she's all about empowering women and not that your lives have to look like hers or mine, but that you can still do anything you set your mind to. You can start that business. You can start that new hobby. You can, you can begin exercising no matter your age. If you're still here, you're still living and you're not done. So let's get started with Tama. I know you're going to enjoy her story. You're going to enjoy her sweet, precious personality. And I guarantee you, she will cause you to just be so inspired and um, just ready to get moving and to go after the things that you've been holding back on. So let's get started with Your Age Is Not Your Cage with Tama Smith. So welcome Tama to Your Age Is Not Your Cage podcast. I'm so glad you're finally here. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure and an honor and I'm just so grateful to be here with you. Uh, and for those that don't know, Tama and I don't know each other. Uh, we just, we we met through uh, social media, Instagram, and I don't even know how I stumbled upon her, but what a gift she's been just to follow her and be inspired by her. And I know that uh, the listeners are going to feel the same. So let's start with you just kind of sharing your story, your background, and um, and then we'll dig in. Okay, so I'll just start with how old I am. Um, I'm 62 years old. Actually, this month is my birthday month. We celebrate all along. All month long, we call it Tamatober. So feel free to celebrate Tamatober. Oh, I love and, that Tamatober. What day? It's the twentieth. Okay. All right. And let's, I'll, let's think I'll of be, something for me because I'm next month in November. So it's I, I like a whole month too. Uh, Carlimber. <laughs> there we, okay, I'll take it. Okay. I don't know. My husband came up with Tamatober, and I'm like, I'm going to go with it. I love so, it. I love yeah. it. Yeah. So I'll be 63 um, on the 20th of this month. And um, I, I've never, ever been upset about turning another year older. I've always felt like as women, especially I'm getting off track, but as women, especially we're so focused on um, wanting something different, wanting something better that or or feeling like we have to strive to be that that we forget to appreciate and really value each stage of our life. And then before we know it, you know, it's past. And you don't realize how marvelous and amazing you were at that age because you didn't. So I have strived all my life to just appreciate every single stage and how I looked and what my body was going through at that time. Um, so anyhow, 
that's my whole why I love getting older because it's such a privilege because not everybody can get older. So I have been married for 40, 43 years, I guess, 43 years now, um, which is pretty amazing, I think, especially in today's day and age. I am the mother of five children and the grandmother of seven children. I am a IFBB bikini pro, which is, um, for those viewers who don't know, you compete in a bodybuilding competition in an itty-bitty bikini and six-inch heels, along with other amazing women athletes who are just uh, incredibly in shape and inspirational. And um, so it's pretty exciting. And I did not win my pro card until I was 60. I didn't start competing until I was 59. I started very late in life, but I was really busy raising five kids. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And, and really, is there ever a very late? I mean, you, you did it when you were supposed to do it at 59. It wasn't your time before that. And I'm 58. I'll be 59 in November. And it's crazy for me to think about Wow, I, I I could go be in the bikini bodybuilding if I wanted to because we could do what I mean we could try anything. Yeah, absolutely, a hundred percent. And there's a season for all things. And um, so sometimes I'll talk to a young mom and they'll be a little bit down on themselves, a little bit hard on themselves. But you know what? When you've got brand new baby or babies and kids at home, sometimes. All you can do is get out and walk for 10 minutes and you've got to give yourself some grace because there's a season for everything. Yeah. And that's such a true statement because I remember when mine were little and trying, I felt like I was trying to do it all. Like I still had to keep doing it all. And that's back when I was teaching fitness and I was teaching at 5.30 a.m. classes and, you know, doing all this stuff. When I think back, sometimes I'm like, how did I do all that? And I didn't do a lot of it well because I was doing so much. And so when I talk to my younger friends and we talk about things and the ones that have new babies, I'm like, just enjoy every moment, every moment that you get to be with that little baby and hold that baby and listen to that baby laugh, you know, soak in every moment, because I'm sure you're like me and everybody else that I know that, that their kids are grown. I would give anything to sit there and rock my baby again and hold him for just a little bit longer. A hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So back up on that. And also there's, you have another profession that you do. So share that too. Okay. I'm a flight attendant and I've been flying for Southwest airlines for 20 years now. Yeah. That's incredible. And for someone like me, that's not a fan of flying. Oh, you know, back in the day I did. And then you have a couple scares or you have like the nightmare flights where I spent the night in the airport or, you know, things like that or bad weather emergency landing. And I had to go to a basement of an airport. Those kind of things just kind of, you know, maybe not like it as much. I don't mind it as much now. I have to like it because my kids are not close now. Um, But yes, I just try to realize a plane's just like a car or anything else, but I never understand how flight attendants do it. So tell me, how did you get into that? Okay. So, um, 
I've had a couple of jobs in my life. Um, I was a buyer before I had children for Dillard's department store. I was the youngest buyer that they ever had. And I loved it. It was so much fun to go to New York and then LA. I bought women's dresses and special occasion. But um, when I started having children, I realized that because you have to be gone a lot. I mean, a whole lot. And I'd always thought I was just going to be a career woman that that's just the, what I thought. But once I had that little baby, <laughs> my first child, I thought, no, this isn't for me. God showed me a different way. My my path was to really stay home and, um, and sorry about my dog. Uh, my path was really to stay home and take care of my kids. And luckily, my husband agreed with me. And so I was, a, when my kids were little, I was able to stay home. And then when they got older, I went back to work and I was a contract marketing director for a surgical company. It was very mentally stimulating, but I worked seven days a week. Mm-hmm. I never had a break. And again, it didn't fit in with what I wanted to do for my family. So my husband was getting ready to retire from his first job. He was a police officer for over 20 years and um, we needed something that had insurance. and. Um, I knew I wanted to quit the job that I had, that I'd been there for seven years, and I didn't know what I wanted to do. And so I started praying and I prayed morning and night for three months straight, just for some inspiration. I'm like, just give me some guidance and direction. What would be the best for my family? What do you think would be, you know, the best for me to do? And so one morning after three months, I woke up with this distinct impression that I should be a flight attendant for Southwest Airlines. So I woke my husband up and I said, honey, I think I've got the answer. And I said, what do you think? Because it's nothing that we'd ever discussed before being a flight attendant. It wasn't, it wasn't anything I'd really thought of. I flew Southwest a lot and I flew a lot in both of my jobs. Um, but I'd never thought of myself as a flight attendant. And my husband said, honey, you've been praying about this for three months. So if this is the inspiration that you've got, then you should go for it. So I got up, I went to the computer, I filled out my application. Everything went through super easy. And it didn't used to be very easy to become a flight attendant. It was really hard. And mine, everything just went through easy peasy. And so I just knew that um, it was what God had intended for us to do. And it really was super flexible. I only missed one dance recital and one um, prom uh, for my kids and everything else I was there on. And so that's how I became a flight attendant. And honestly, I didn't like flying until I became a flight attendant. I mean, I've always loved being up in the sky, but takeoffs and landings kind of always scared me a little bit. But now I love it. I love it. I can't get enough of it. I'm like, the best part's coming. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, that's how I became a flight attendant, and I love it. It's such a flexible job. In fact, five of my family members are flight attendants, too, because it it is so flexible. Wow, that's incredible. So for those of us that are not fans of the takeoff and landings, how do we love them like you do? <laughs> um, I think that it's just that I've done so many, and I realize how safe and all the safety protocols that go into place to keep you safe. Um, that I know that that it's it's all going to be fine. And 
I also really have a um, feeling that when God says it's your time to go, it's your time to go. Yeah. And yeah. I just have to have have faith. I have um, I've had a, a a bomb threat on the aircraft before, where I've had to evacuate people in a minute and a half. We had a timed where they called. We were up in the air, and they said, "Oh, this flight number is has a bomb on it," and we're where it's going to explode in 15 minutes. And we had to get down on the ground and I had to get everybody off, not just me. There were two other flight attendants and we did it in a minute and a half. We got everybody off the aircraft. We had to use slides. Um, But um, yeah, so I've had moments like that. And I, I can remember the first time that moment happened or, you know, when the captain called us and he, it was, it was after nine 11 and, you know, um, he had said, you know, there's been a direct, uh, a, uh, a direct threat to the aircraft and we're going to have to turn around and, and land and I'm going to make the announcement. And my first thought was, oh, my gosh, what's it? I mean, I knew he didn't say bomb, but I knew. And um, so my first thought was, what's it going to feel like to, to blow, to blow up? You know, what would that feel like? And I started to get a little nervous and then I just had this real calming sensation come over me. And I thought, you know what, Tammy? This is the way God has decided for you to go, then it's as it should be. And most importantly, I want to stay calm so I can get these people. I had lots of children. It was summertime. I had lots of children on the plane. And I thought, I just want to get these people off the plane safely. And from that moment on, no nerves, nothing, until after it was all over. And then I threw up. Yeah, <laughs> I think I would too. That yeah. is inc- that's incredible. And you know, the whole part of that story that I love is that you gave it all to prayer, that you 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 did not just jump into this job. Um, I mean, you prayed it through. And when we do that, it and everything, like you said, kept falling into place because believe it or not, I applied to be a flight attendant years ago, long before I really, I was probably 19, something like that, young. And, and it was hard. The The whole process was hard to do, but how it fell into place for you. That's when you know that you are, are walking in his will and what he has for you. And, and then how you could jump into action when, you know, there's a threat. And, um, and I've said that to the same thing. Okay. If this is how I'm going to go, it's how I'm going to go. You know, I do have to admit, I do ask God when I'm on the plane, I'd rather not go this way though. <laughs> it's not what I choose, but if if it is okay, <laughs> um, and, and that's okay. But it is, um, it would be quick, pretty much. Yeah, if we yeah, it would be, would be okay. So <laughs> yeah. let's 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 uh, switch gears and talk about. Um, so going from there, you're doing Southwest Airlines. Um, at what point was that? And then I know you said you. I believe. Uh, you started getting into the your uh, weightlifting bodybuilding journey around 57, I think yes. is is what I read. But also tell me, where were you before that? What were you what was your life like physically, nutritionally? What was your your life like prior to getting involved in all of it? So, you know, I, I think back to when I was a young mom and um, I did not know about nutrition. But as I got older and the things that we knew about nutrition, 
weren't as correct as, you know, do you know what I mean? Oh, yes. <laughs> um, so much has come out that you think, Ooh, I didn't do so good. But um, I was always wanting to be healthier. My mom um, suffered from depression, severe depression all her life. And she had lots of ailments and was on lots of medication. And I did not want my life to go that way. And I knew that I would have to have a different lifestyle than she did if I were, you know, to, to avoid that. So um, I've always been interested in trying to eat as healthy as I could and, uh, and feed my family as healthy as we could. But I learned as I grew, as things went on. So I always tried to eat healthy and I was always active. Um, I was the mom that was jumping on the trampoline with the kids and riding the bikes I was never the mom that was sitting on the side watching. I was always interacting. So even though I wasn't an athlete growing up, I was always busy and um, we worked hard at, at my house. And um, so I think my work ethic was good. And um, so I was just always busy. But, you know, you have five kids and you put on weight. So with my first son, I put on 80 pounds. And I lost all of it. And then the second son, I put on 60 pounds and I lost all of it. And the third son, I put on 40 pounds and I lost all of it. And then I got pregnant. And uh, in the fourth month, I lost the baby. Oh. And I kind of went through like a little depression. And um, they told me that, um, you know, I had to wait a whole year before we could try to have another baby, but I really wasn't sure I wanted to try to have another baby because I thought, you know, God gave me three healthy babies and maybe, maybe I just need to be grateful for that. But I never fully lost the 40 pounds from the third, well, from the fourth pregnancy, because I'd started to gain weight and I never fully lost it. But um, my husband said, you know, I really feel like, like there's more children for us. So I thought, okay, I trust him. And so we got pregnant again. And then I had my first daughter and I gained 40 pounds with her, but from that fourth pregnancy and that I didn't lose. And I gained 40 pounds with her and I lost a little bit of it, but I kept a little bit of both pregnancy weights on. And then I had my, um, it would be my sixth pregnancy, but my fifth live birth, an, another daughter and um, gained 40 pounds with her. So I but the fluff going around on the middle, right? Yeah. And um, I was still relatively healthy, but I was getting sick a lot more. Mm -hmm. um, I was in a job that I told you, the contract marketing director, where I was on, you know, 24-7, and um, I was high stressed. And at one point, I woke up and got in the shower. It was a Sunday. We were getting ready for church, and I couldn't feel my, my thighs. They were numb. So I went to the hospital and they sent me to a neurologist and the neurologist said, you know, I think you have MS and we could put you on this medication. And I thought, you know, I don't think so. I think I'm just going to double down and try to eat nutritiously and cut out sugars and, you know, eliminate stress. And we're going to try that. And it took a while. It, it took about six months, but the numbness finally went away. But at that point, I thought, you know what? I have got to change my lifestyle. I have got to make sure that I start really concentrating on exercising and de-stressing and trying to sleep more and eating nutritiously 
I got to get in shape. Well, I didn't know anything about weightlifting. So I thought, I'm going to start running because everybody can run, right? And so at 47, I started running and I loved it. I did some extreme races and um, it was just a lot of fun, the camaraderie. It was, it was great, but I wasn't losing weight. Um, it just was kind of just staying on. I didn't look bad, but I was overweight and I was still getting a little bit sick. Right. And so then at 50, I developed these two large tumors and I had to have a complete hysterectomy. And, um, and then right after that, I went back to running and I was out running and I, I broke my knee and I had to have surgery. And the doctor, when we were all done said, I hate to tell you this, but the injury was worse than we thought. And you're never going to run again. And I said, yeah, you watched me. I'm going to run again. I don't, you know, it's just like when they told me I had MS. I'm not buying any of that. Right. Yeah. So, um, so I started researching on how I could rehab. And one of the things that they suggested was weightlifting, you know, is that you could strengthen all the ligaments and joints around those, you know, those parts that were vulnerable, like your knees, your hips, your shoulders, places like that. And so I started um, what my sons would call um, girl bodybuilding, you know, <laughs> the light, because you don't know. I mean, especially my age group and and you're you're close to there. I mean, we didn't grow up lifting weights or anything no. like that. No. And in fact, there was a stigma against getting muscular or, you know, they were like, oh, we get toned. And um, of course, we know that that's craziness now, too. But um, so I started researching and started lifting weights. And even with light weights, I saw that my body started to change and I, the weight just started to just come off. And of course, I had been eating right. So I just doubled down my efforts on that. And finally, one of my sons, who's a fire captain, and he's a power lifter as well. He said, Mom, why are you still doing those girl exercises? Why don't you start like really lifting weights? Because you'd really see a difference. And I said, well, I don't know how. And he said, um, OK, I'll write your training split. And so he wrote me the training split. And then he and my daughter-in-law would check my form. And um, and then I did that. And boy, my body just really started to change. And I thought, this is amazing. But when I first started, I didn't know what was possible for a 57-year-old woman. I didn't know if I could reverse any of that stuff. But I thought, what if? What if I just really went all out for it? What if I did everything that I thought I should be doing? Like, uh, you know, follow that training split and eating to support that. That's what if? What's the worst that can happen? Right? I could yeah. get a little healthier, right? And so I did. And then after that, you know, I'm hooked and my body's just changing, changing, changing. People at the gym were saying, um, you compete, right? And I'm like, <laughs> no, I don't compete. That's silliness. And then they kept saying, no, really, you should compete. And then um, after I kept hearing it a lot, I thought, you know, maybe this is God just telling me that I should compete. I mean, why is that little bug getting there? You know, I, and so... Then I looked into it and um, I started competing. And, and now I really see why, um, besides the fact that I meet these amazing inspirational women that continually encourage me to strive to be better, but 
I really have an opportunity to help other women like me who don't know that that there is something better and they think they just have to accept poor health and and less mobility and less life as they get older but you don't but back when I first started like I didn't know anything about Instagram I didn't need to get on and watch you know all these other women who are 67 and 70 and even 80 you know really killing it and so I'm just so grateful that I have an opportunity to hopefully encourage other women to know that it's possible. It's possible. You don't have to accept for help. It takes work. I'm not saying it's not hard, but um, it's possible for you to, I call it aging in reverse because um, I have so much more energy now. And um, I don't look like I looked in high school. I look way better than I looked in high school. I'm not talking about wrinkles. They're there, but I don't care about that. Yeah. But physically, I um, I look and feel way better. Yeah, well, and and that's the difference. I think in high school, at least for me, I was more I was more interested in what the outside, the physical looked like, you know. And the inside was pretty unhealthy um, for for a lot of years, um, you know, because like you said back then, I just I didn't know anything about nutrition. And mine happened while my kids were younger um, and my son ended up just dealing with so many food allergies, sensitivities that caused me. I mean, we went to doctor after doctor, test after test. Poor little guy was stuck, you know, with the needle so many times and went through so many invasive tests when finally it's just like after many tears and just praying, Lord, what do I do for my son? Um it was like, it's food, it's food. So I, I started digging deeper, took him to a naturopath. Uh, before you knew it, we figured it, the things out that were, were um, just causing him to be so sickly and started eliminating those. And I mean, it changed his world and it changed my world because that's when I got super passionate because I thought I was feeding my family well. And when I started learning ingredients and all that, I was not feeding my family well. And so I think that's the biggest difference, you know, and for you too, is you look better than you did in high school because it's the overall package. It's everything now inside and out and probably your mindset too. And just where you've gotten with as we get older. And I like to, I've also heard aging powerfully. I love that too. Oh, I love it. Yes. Because I mean, why not? Why we don't have to accept uh, and that number. So many people get hung up on the number. And at one time I used to get hung up on the number a little bit too. And it, but it's like you said, we're not all guaranteed tomorrow or I'm not guaranteed I'm going to be 60. And I've learned that through the loss of some friends that died at young ages. And I'm like, I, I want to embrace every stage, every age um, of life, you know, and I know that that you that that is what your passion is, too. And um, and I know you are inspiring others through what you're doing. And so if someone's watching you now, because, of course, we're not telling everyone to go out and become a bodybuilder or whatever it may be. I mean, that might be something someone's going, you know, I've thought about that. Um <laughs> But let's say someone is thinking about it. What would you encourage them to do? What would be their first steps to move toward that? 
Okay, so if they have if they're not active at all and they just want to move towards it to get going, well, I would say yeah, let's okay. say both. Let's say someone that's doing nothing really except maybe a walk here or there and then let's take it to the next level of someone that is uh, lifting weights and doing things and they've kind of toyed with the idea of going into the world of whether it's bodybuilding, powerlifting, whatever it is. Okay. Well, three things really basic. First of all, you have to change your mind. You have to put in your mind that you're worth it. You're worth that time. And uh, you can um, visualize what that means to you going forward. Like, does it mean better health? Is that one of your goals? Does it mean that you you just feel better, that you have more energy? What is your, your goal, your reason? So decide it because that's going to keep you going if you can't. Sometimes it's really hard to figure out in the beginning, but um, just decide that you're going to take the time to do it. And then the second thing is just start moving. Start with walking. And it doesn't have to be anything super big. You can start with a 10-minute walk and then do that for two weeks. And then two weeks after that, increase it to 15 minutes. And then two weeks after that, just keep building on it until you've built it up to where you can do a nice walk at 30 minutes. And um, or... If you don't have 30 minutes at one time, do a 10-minute walk after each meal. Whatever's going to fit into your schedule, but make it a priority to uh, move, you know, to walk. It doesn't have to be anything big. We're going to work on that. We're going to build on that. But I like people to start out slowly if they can because they you get overwhelmed. Yeah. If you put too much on a person, they're like, oh, I can't do that. I can't do that. But if you, if you give them incremental goals, like... First, you're going to work on your mindset. Then you're going to work on your movement. And they see that they can accomplish those goals. It gives an encouragement to go on. And then um, so mindset, movement. And then the third thing is nutrition. And learn as much as you can about nutrition. But maybe start by eliminating sodas out of your diet. Or if you don't want to completely eliminate sodas, maybe cut down to one a day. And then one every other day and then one a week until you can get rid of it. And then maybe you're going to decide that you want to get rid of white sugar, which I call Satan. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, get rid of that white sugar. It's nothing but poison. So um, if you want to maybe cut back on that. So work on that in baby steps if you have to. If you can commit to more, then go ahead and commit to more. If you can complete commit to a complete diet overall, um, and then get in protein. And I know protein is hard for a lot of people, but especially as we age, especially over the age of 40, which I think is really young, but it starts as early as over as 40. Actually, there are even studies that suggest younger than that, but um, we need to make sure that we get enough protein in our diets so that we can grow muscle because muscle is really, um, what helps us to stay young and healthy and to, to keep lean. So you want to work on your nutrition. That's when you're first starting. It's simple. Make it simple. Um, and then you're committed to it. So now you've been doing that for a while. Okay. So the next thing you want to do, or you're into it for a while, and even if you don't want to be a bodybuilder, but you just want better health, take the time to work out your diet plan. And I always say that there's no 
I know there's lots of diet camps out there and that's okay, but the best diet is the diet that you're going to be able to stick to forever. I like to call it more of a nutrition plan. And this is just the world according to me. But if you can only do, if you can't sustain it, if you can only do it for a week or two or a month or two, and then you're like, I got to get off this, it's not going to work for you in the long run. So you have to do something that works for you. For me, I prioritize protein. I do eat carbs. I do eat fats. Those are all important, healthy things. I want all the um, good foods that I can get into my body. But what I do try to prioritize is Live foods, I don't want to eat anything that's been processed. So if it has more than three ingredients in it, then I'm going to be looking at that and really thinking, hmm, was that alive at one time? Was that fresh? And is it going to nourish my body? So I look at food a little bit different now. And as you progress on your um, path, your nutrition path, most people will come to the same conclusions. You look at food as as medicine, it's healing, it's fuel for your body. And so that's how I look at it. So you're really going to take the time to figure out what you need to eat, um, what kind of uh, nutrition plan, what kind of diet plan, if you want to say diet plan, I don't like to say diet, but what, what kind of nutrition plan is going to work for you in the long run. And then if you have to, you hire someone to help you or you read the books uh, to help you come up with that nutrition plan. Because nutrition is so important, so important. And then the next thing is you learn how to train correctly and resistance training, even for ladies, in my opinion, is so important. It will protect you when you fall. Uh, if you fall, uh, it'll keep you from breaking bones. We, my husband and I were in a serious automobile accident several years back. And um, I was thrown forward and knocked unconscious, but I didn't break one bone. My husband's for his shoulder. And when they did everything, they said, you know, the only reason we think that you didn't hurt yourself any worse is because you're in such good shape. Mm. Your muscles are tight. Everything's tight, holding it all together. So I'm going with it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm claiming it as my own. So find a coach. If you don't know how to do it, find someone good on, on Instagram or um, TikTok or whatever. There's lots of free information. I did almost everything free until I became serious about bodybuilding. And then I did hire a coach to help me because um, I knew I wanted, to, if I was going to do it, I wanted to go pro. So I knew I needed help with um, the specifics. So, um, but there's lots of free information out there. You don't have to have lots of money. You can research it and put together a good training program for you. And then you're going to want to make sure you get enough sleep because that's the other thing that people don't realize that's so important because your body recovers and rebuilds itself when you sleep. You also lose weight when you sleep. People will realize that, but it's important that you're getting, I like to get eight to nine hours. Not everybody can do that, but guys, I don't have any young kids at home, yeah. <laughs> so I can do it. Um, yeah. And then, and then your mindset, you got to always keep that mindset positive. And if an injury happens along the way, I've been injured a couple of times. I always say focus on what you have control over. So if you're unable to move like you want to do, like, you know, you just had, um, you know, you just did that organ um, donation. Yes. And the you, kidney. You weren't, you weren't able to move for a while, right? No, no. Just but I bet, 
just walking, I bet you 100% that you totally made sure that everything that went in your body was going to nourish it. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 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 So focus on what you can control. And if it's only nutrition, focus on that. Yeah. And and then until you make it through. And it's really, it takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. But once you get there, it's a lot easier to maintain than it is to get there. But don't give up. Yeah. Don't yeah. I, I think that's a lot of it because um, I think sometimes we go in so hard that then we either get injured or we get burned out or um, so I love, you know, just focusing on and it's what I've told my clients too before is just focusing on those baby steps, whatever it is that gets you moving forward. Um, because if if you just think about wanting to do something, that's that's not going to get you there. You have to actually do it. And so just even that little bit of movement um, that 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 changing up, like you said, about the sodas, what whatever it is that um, you could start working on before, you know, I used to drink sodas way back when I couldn't tell you the last time I had a soda. It's not it's not even something I think about now. And so eventually everybody can get to those points. And I think the thing that I really like to um, emphasize to women is just remembering that you're individual, your, what you do for your body is so specific and just watching someone else online or, or, or thinking, well, look, I want to know what they're eating. I'm going to eat exactly what they're eating. Doesn't mean it's going to get you where you want to go. Um, I've been there. I've done that in the past and, and it's figuring out what really works for your body, what you feel good on, what, what, what makes you feel energetic and, um, you're not sluggish or, uh, you know, things like that. And, and you were talking about, um, it made me think of the biggest thing I like to say is for, for someone wanting to get started or they keep making excuses or what is your why, what, what makes you want to get healthy? What makes you want to make a difference? What makes you want to quit sitting on the sofa and actually go, you know, take a walk, you know, what is your why? And we all have a why. And my why was similar to yours with, you know, with my dad just passing away from Alzheimer's and, you know, uh, just watching what he went through the last many years, starting with diabetes and then forward, uh, you know, it was a lot to um, watch that. And that is a lot of my why, along with my kids. And when they were younger, that was my why to learn more. So I think everybody has a why that could get them motivated and get going. I I think you're right. They just have to have to determine what their why is. But you're right. When you watch someone suffer from debilitating diseases, diabetes, which they are calling um Early, yes, yeah, because yeah. it's one of the my and I my mom passed away from uh, Alzheimer's in July. So yeah, yeah. So um, sorry about your father. Too. Oh, and you too. I know we we connected on that too. Just knowing, yeah, uh, we know how hard uh, that illness is. It's such a cruel, yeah, cruel. I will do anything to keep that from happening. Yeah, I don't want to be. I don't want to be a burden on anybody um, and yeah. 
And that's just so hard for people who love you to go yeah. through. And, and for them, I, yeah, I, you don't know how much they really know or comprehend, but I, I, I can remember that when my mom did know certain things, like it really bothered her when she stopped knowing when it came to a point where I couldn't tell her that I was her daughter anymore because it upset her so much to know that she, she couldn't remember mm, that I yeah. was her daughter. Mm. And that's, and I could see her pain and, oh, it's very hard, very hard. Yeah. So if that's not the biggest reason, and I wish I had the exact statistic, but they have done all these studies and because of all the, how um, highly, um, um, our food is processed, how highly processed our food is and our sedentary lifestyles that we now lead. Um, you might know the exact percentage, but I don't remember. But they are saying that by the time someone is 75 years old, I think it was 75, this huge percentage, it, it was like like 60% of people are expected to have some form of uh, dementia or Alzheimer's going forward because of the way that we and our sedentary lifestyles, Many of those things can be mitigated and the um, your chances for getting it um, can be so tremendously reduced from what you eat and how you move. And um, I just think if everybody knew that, boy, I, they would be running to eat healthy food and running to um, the gym or, you know, doing their body weight exercises. You don't have to go to the gym if you don't want to. There's lots of things you can do. But um, just to make sure that you don't suffer those kinds of, of things as you get older. I mean, why not em embrace life? I mean, we, this is the best time. I mean, we yeah. can really enjoy this season of our life. You can enjoy it because you're healthy. And um, but not everybody can because they are not, but they can get healthy and then they can reclaim it and really, really make the most of it and enjoy life. Yeah. And once once women get a taste for a little bit of, oh, wow, I don't feel those aches and pains anymore. I don't feel the digestive issues or whatever they're experiencing. Once you start getting a little taste for that and realizing I can still feel good, I can mm -hmm. still thrive. It just makes all the difference in the world. And I think if anyone had to walk in the shoes of watching someone with Alzheimer's or some debilitating illness, it would cause you to want to, um, you know, like you said, it would, it would cause you to want to really rethink where you're at. And because nobody wants to live that lifestyle, um, and, and go out that way because it's, it's, it is, like you said, it's, it's awful. It's a mean, evil disease. And, but it's also not a death sentence if you have that that gene. Uh, I know a lot of people get tested for the gene. I did. Mine's very low, but also it can be changed so much through lifestyle, through your health, 100%. through your nutrition. Yeah. Um, so it is not a, a death sentence. Neither is any kind of gene like saying, well, my mom had this, my dad had this, my grandmother had this. That does not mean it has to play into your health either. It, it's something to always know that could potentially be there, but it's not something that you have to just go, well, 
why try? Because that's kind of where I'm, I'm at too. Yep. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, and I always say on this, we are not doctors or medical professionals. These are our opinions and it's, it's just our passion and our desire to just pour into women and men um, out there, but to let, let them know that um, you don't have to give up. It's not too late. You're never too old. Um, and so I wanted to ask you, what does your day, what does a day look like for you now? Say during training, like when you're fully immersed in your training and then off, off training, how does that change up for you? Okay, so when I'm in preparation for a contest, um, my my training gets longer only because I put in other things like posing practice, um, things like that. My cardio goes up. Generally, um, well, I'll start with the improvement season, which is what I'm in right now. I just came off the a show two weeks ago. So now I'm in improvement season. So I'm always in training, but I get up and first thing I do is I come out and I have my um, lemon water that I drink before I'll do anything. And then my bone broth that comes next, all the good stuff. I want to make sure that I get a lot of hydration, a lot of water in. And um, I do dishes in the morning because I like to do dishes in the morning. I just have done it since my kids were little. And then I'll eat breakfast. And after I eat breakfast, I my sweet husband has put a gym downstairs for me. Nice. And so I know, isn't that nice? And yes. so then I head downstairs and that's where I'm going to spend an hour to an hour and a half doing my um, resistance training, my core training and s- some stretching. And then I'll come back up and it's time to eat again by then. I eat five times a day. Um, again, prioritizing protein. I eat a lot. Like, like people look at me and they think I don't eat a lot because I'm really lean, but um, I do. I eat five times a day. I eat a lot of food during improvement season. I have to, I have to work up to this calorie amount um, because when you come off of a show and you're calorie deprived, your body's like a sponge. And if you put bad calories in there, calories that aren't healthy for you, you could put on fat. And then you're going to have to work that off. So you want to slowly introduce more calories into your diet and decrease the cardio that you were doing so that when you get ready to prep and you have to lean out, you can start the leaning process by slowly increasing your cardio again and um, decreasing your calories until you're to that certain body fat percentage that you want want to be. So I will get up to about 2,100 calories a day would be my maintenance calories in improvement season, which for most, for most women, they think that's a lot of food. Um, and it is a lot of food when you have to eat it, but, um, I'm used to it and I burn through it. And so I'm, I'm always hungry. I'm always, <laughs> always every three hours. I'm like, I gotta eat. <laughs> I want to, I want to stop you right there real quick because you know, there are so many different, it depends who you watch, who you listen to, what you're going to hear on eat three times a day, five times a day, only eat once a day, eat twice a day. And I know people's minds are blown. They're just like, how do I ever know what's right for me as far as far as eating? Because the intermittent fasting and things like that have become so popular now. 
and where I've heard a lot said, if you're eating five, six times a day, your your blood sugar is always, your, your body can't digest foods, you're always trying to catch up with your blood sugars. I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on all that. So a lot of good information there. And again, it's, as you said before, every body is different, but you eat for what you're training for. Yes. And I am training to build more muscle, more lean muscle for I'm bikini. So um, I'm not a, like a, a physique bodybuilder where you want to, you know, really get big. I want to get lean, beautiful. I call it pretty muscle. I want to get lean, pretty muscle. So I have to eat for that because if, if I don't, I'm not going to grow it. I can lift all the weights I want, but I got to, I got to fuel my body. I don't have to do five meals a day, but I'm a little person and um, I'm only five foot three. And uh, oh, I love it. I'm five foot one. Oh, you're little too. <laughs> I don't. I don't like to say little. I like to and say fun size. Right. Really, we are. We're yeah. fun size. Yes. Low compact. Size. Low compact size. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so for me, it just feels better on my digestion and my stomach if I break it up over five meals. You can go three meals. You can go four meals. Um, you can go even less if you want, but for, if you're training to build muscle and you're trying to get, like, I'm trying to get in 150 grams of protein a day, that's a lot if you don't spread it out. So, um, for me, that's what works best for me, but it's just like you said before, every person is individual. Intermittent fasting and the research that I've done, I think for a female athlete or someone who's really seriously training, especially an older female athlete, again, older being, and this is silly to say this, 40, because I still think of 40 as so young, but anybody being over 40, for me, I feel like a 12-hour fast is plenty. So I like to stop eating at eight and starting eating at eight in the morning. And for me, that's plenty enough time for my body to, you know, get the benefits of the intermittent fasting. But I think for bodybuilders, um, intermittent fasting is not really ideal to, to do it any longer than the 12 hour period. That's just the research that I've done and also how I, how I feel. And plus, you know, because I do eat so much protein, it would be really hard on me to to eat more in, in that. Yeah. Small. Well, and you brought up good points, which I'm glad that I asked that because I want the listeners to hear that, too. You explained why you're doing what you're doing and what you're doing it for, because you have a specific goal and what you're working toward. And I think that's what's important for everyone to hear is, you know, what is your goal? What are you working toward? And again, I can't emphasize enough. I think it's listening to your body. And I know I've had clients where they're like, well, I'm trying to go fast from like be done eating at 6 p.m. and not eat the next day till noon. And I feel like I'm just starving and I have no energy. And I'm like, that's your body telling you, hey, I, we need to do something a little different. So again, um, it's just, it's listening to your own body and also knowing what your goal is, what you're training for. So I love that you brought that up. That's good. 
A hundred percent. And you know, it may take you a while to find the plan that works for you. And as new nutrition information comes out, you may decide that, oh, I'm going to try this other thing, or I'm going to work this in or research it more. And that's okay. I mean, it's pretty awesome that we continue to learn and grow, right? That's awesome. Yes. yes. So, um, but so you always have to keep an, an open mind, but it's just like you said, everybody's different. Everybody reacts differently. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Um, okay. So continuing on from that. Um, okay. So let's see, where was I? So that's my training. So, um, so I eat five times a day. I, uh, I do my resistance in the morning and then in the afternoon, I'll just, you know, do whatever errands or whatever I have to do, take care of the grandkids, you know, spend some time with my husband, whatever. Yeah. And then at night, I like to do at least 30 minutes of a walk. Um, I like steady state cardio for me, um, just because I think it's good for cardiovascular health. And um, I think there are a lot of benefits to the steady state. It doesn't raise your cortisol level. I like outdoor walks because I feel that you get wind resistance and you get natural elevation of heels and things like that. And also it's way less boring than being on the treadmill. Yeah. <laughs> but if you have to be on the treadmill, podcast like yours <laughs> <laughs> or audiobooks, things like that, they'll help you pass the time. So I do my cardio in the evening. Sometimes the kids will be here with me or the grandkids. And that's always fun to, um, you know, to take them with that or take them with me or for a bike ride, you know, something fun, something active. Yeah. I have just decided, cause I've been doing a lot of research on, um, you know, really maximizing longevity and your health and whatnot. So I've decided that I'm going to, in this improvement season, I'm going to add two days of yoga into my training split. And on those yoga days, I'm also going to be doing some um, um, plyometrics or um, um, I'm trying to think of what's the other word for it. Why can't I think of uh, hit workouts? Ah, yeah. You know, what's made you right. want to do that now? Just some different research that I've done about uh, heart health and longevity studies. As a bodybuilder, though, I want to make sure that I don't do cardio that'll eat my muscle away because certain kind of cardios, uh, cardio uh, will eat your muscle. So just like once or twice a week with uh, 12 minutes of a HIIT workout added to that yoga workout is what I'm going to do in improvement season. When I get to contest prep, then it's longer because my workouts will go to like more an hour to an hour and a half um, workouts. And then on top of that, I add in more stretching and then at least 30 minutes of posing and my cardio will go up to 60 minutes a day. So it's a lot more intense. And plus, you're decreasing your uh, calories. I have to. Not every athlete has to, but I have to in order to lean down. And so you get pretty tired at the end of it and you get brain fog and you think, uh, oh my gosh, is it ever going to end? But um, but then you step on stage and you're with all your friends and it's so much fun. And then you think, oh yeah, I can do it again. Oh, that's no problem. <laughs> How many shows are you doing a year? Um, so last year I, I had been doing three shows a year. The first year I did just one show and then so that was 59 and then at 60 I did three shows and uh, 61 I did uh, three shows this year. 
because of everything that was going on, my daughter just, my youngest daughter just had a baby and then my um, mom being sick. And that was just taking up so much, so much of my, um, my time and my mind that I have just done one show this year. And that's all I think I'm going to do this year. Next year, I'd like to do two to three shows again. They're a lot of fun. And yeah. um, I get to see everybody, all my friends that I've made. So it, yeah. it's, it's, it's fun to do. Well, and like I said, I am not a part of that world, but I have connected with several women in, in that world. And I just know from each one of them that I have um, met so far, I'm just like, it's almost that like, oh, I want to be a part of that world because they're all so amazing. And, you know, <laughs> I think I think that's just the other piece of what women crave is community and camaraderie. And I think that's what's appealing in in that bodybuilding world that you're in is, um, I mean, I'm I'm saying it from the outside looking in, but I think so many women, no matter what age, are creating are craving community, whatever that looks like. A hundred percent. I totally agree. Yeah. And I just I see that in the community you're in and I, I love it. And I'm just already so blessed by the women that I've already interviewed for the podcast or are about to. And it's funny how I feel like God's kind of led me into interviewing and talking to several of you because I'm just so incredibly inspired um, just by what you're all doing, um, especially at the ages of the women that I'm talking to. It's just, I mean, it's incredible. And I think it's just another way for women to see, hey, I may not want to go into bodybuilding, but I've been wanting to go over here and, and learn this. And I'm, I'm going to go for it now because I'm inspired by what they're doing. So I now know I can do that too. So um, I always ask before I end the podcast is, and you kind of shared a lot of the things that you're doing, but is there anything else now or in the future that you want to do that's, that shows people your age is not your cage? What is something that might be a goal or a dream or something you're aspiring to do still? Well, you know, I've thought a lot about that and, um, I really feel like my passion is encouraging women of all ages to really embrace the stage of life that they're in and really uh, capture all the health and the wonderfulness that life has to offer. But I especially um, feel for, uh, well, I feel for the mamas and I feel for all, all the women, but um, you know, for the, the woman who's aging, to really regain her passion for life. And um, I really want to be a part of helping people know that that's okay. And also that it's okay to be different. We don't all have to look like um, a bodybuilder or a bikini bodybuilder. That's not the point of any yeah. of this. The yeah. point of this is to reclaim your health and reclaim your life. And, um, that's that's what I want to be a part of. So I'd like to write some more magazine articles, maybe write um, a book. I kind of feel like I'm the cheerleader. I'm not a coach. Yeah. Um, I am not a nutritionist. I, I do a lot of research, but um, I do feel passionate and very empathetic for other women. And um, so that's where I see that I would like to go is 
is somehow promoting or spreading the word that, you know, just go for it. Just embrace that amazing life, the gift of life that we have and just enjoy it and spread the love. Yeah. And that's what I'd like to do is just spread that love. Well, and you'd be beautiful at it because you already are and you're already out there doing that. So it's and yeah, I see you as a cheerleader for sure. Um, <laughs> so tell people where they can find you, which I never did ask you because your social Instagram name is Honey Bee. So where does the <laughs> Honey Bee come? Do your grandkids call you that? That's what I was guessing. No, no, um, my no? husband. No, my husband, my, my grandkids call me Mimi. Oh, Mimi. Okay. Me, but my husband um, called me honey a lot, but, uh, and I used to tease him because he was a big old strong cop, you know, yeah. and he would call me from work to tell me that he was going to be late. And if he, because he didn't want me to worry And this before we had cell phones, right? So you have to remember that. So he'd be in the room with all the other guys. And if there were other guys in there, I'd hear woman. I'm going to be late. <laughs> but then if nobody was around, this is how I knew he was alone. Hey, honey, how are you doing? <laughs> yeah. So he called me honey a lot. And then um, I was flying with this good old boy captain from Southwest. And he's trying so hard to get my name. You know what? I just can't pronounce your name. And then he does in this cutest little Southern accent. He's like, well, that name is just too hard for me. Can I just call you honey? And so, yeah, so honey kind of fits. So how you get a hold of me is mostly on Instagram and it's at honey and it's all lowercase underscore the letter B underscore fit underscore IFBB pro. And that's how you get a hold of me. And I'd love to hear from everyone. And if you see me on the plane, if you see me at Southwest, please say hello. I know. Or that would be so a, fun. Yeah. Or at a gym. I, I'd love to meet you and um, hear your story, too, because I think women are so amazing and they've all got such amazing stories. Yeah. Well, and I will put all your information in the show notes, too, and but just thank you so much for being on. It's just such a joy to talk to you. And um, I'm just always uh, loving to put information out there for women and to be inspired. And you're definitely one of those that has been on the top of my list. And I know that you will make such a difference in women's lives. So just thank you for being here. Thank you for joining me and just uh, just for sitting down to chat. I truly enjoyed it. Thank you so much, Carla. I am so um, grateful for all that you do and um, your hard work in spreading this message. So I appreciate it. And I'm just so honored to be part of your podcast. So thank yeah. you. Uh, well, thank you for being on your ages, not your cage. <laughs> okay, we'll talk to you later. All right. Thank you. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.